Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and in today's episode, I am extremely happy to welcome Harry Goldfarb as my guest. Harry is CEO at Kendu, a company providing wastewater insights to cities by analyzing real-time data that is retrieved from IoT sensors located at strategic points around the network. In this episode, Harry will reveal the single greatest source of insights on a city's population and how to leverage it, the four levels of activities in the digital world and why you should stop at number three, how fighting unawarenesses dramatically shifts the paradigm on both ends of the wastewater cycle, and the three-step process Kendo uses to support the company's ambition to change the world. We'll dig into this bold statement in a jiffy right after the credits. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. Hi, Ari. Welcome to the show. It's nice having you on the show. I think it's the first time in this series of episodes that I have a CEO on the show. So welcome. Um, again, we are traveling with the podcast and think and we are traveling this time to Israel. So how's the weather today on your end of the world? Hey, Antona, and thank you for the opportunity. Great pleasure for me. Um, it's hot, very hot in Israel right now, 42 degrees Celsius. But it's very nice. We have the sea open now, restaurants are open now, so you can go outside. So it's not so bad. So basically, you're trying to make me jealous because, you know, in Europe right now, it's not like everything would be open. But okay, it's a good start. Maybe the temperature is a good transition. Usually when a country has high temperature, there's also water scarcity. Is that somewhere a driver for your presence in that industry? It is a driver. And especially for me, my favorite place is the sea, actually Mediterranean. I was born and lived a few hundred meters from the Mediterranean. And I spent most of my childhood at the sea, actually surfing before I learned to walk, I think, and diving before I learned to run. And spending most of my time in the sea, I saw the changes that happens in the sea and how polluted the seas become more and more year after year. And for me, it was clear that I want to deal with that. So water and to make sure that our water, our rivers and our seas are clean. That was something that I grew with. And that's something with the vision for me from very early age. So you transitioned at some point saying that you want to make that change happen. And that's how you came with your company. So can you maybe pitch us your company? Yeah. Maybe we'll go a little bit about Israel, and you mentioned that we are a very hot country, and we are actually most of Israel, 70% of Israel is a desert, and as a place that water is really scarce and needed everywhere, it is very clear that the success of this country depends on water, and one of the major sources of water in Israel is actually wastewater. So wastewater in Israel are a very important source of water. We reuse almost more than 80% of our wastewater and use it for agriculture. So most of our agriculture is watered from wastewater. And if you eat a watermelon in Israel, you are actually eating wastewater that's being reused. As a place that 
focused on reuse, it is very clear that wastewater is a source. Mm -hmm. And as a source, like every other source, you should treat it as a source and you should look at how the quality of this source and make sure that you get the best quality of this source. And that's how we look at wastewater. It's not waste for us. It's a water that we reuse. So it's a resource. It's a resource. So wastewater in Israel is a resource. And that's why the quality of the wastewater is so important for us. And this is where I came from. So where did it start for you? So I'm an environmental engineer, like you, actually, and starting working in the wastewater industry almost more than 20 years ago. I started as a process engineer working in treatment plants. And, and in, as a process engineer, one of the biggest challenges that we have is how to make sure that the wastewater operate in changes conditions and when the conditions are changing all the time. So how to make sure when the wastewater quality is changing, the operations and the bacteria and the processes is stable. And that is maybe the most challenging thing we had. And for me, one of them, maybe harder thing was to come in the morning to the treatment plant and to see that in the reactor, the bacteria are upsets and you see that they are not active because there is a pollution. There is wastewater, polluted wastewater coming into the treatment plant. And the only thing you can do is try to operate your wastewater better, but you don't have any control about the raw wastewater coming into the treatment plant. Later on, I worked as a process engineer and design in a consultancy engineering firm. And then we designed a treatment plant based on the most advanced technologies. And we always say that we designed the best treatment plant, but the problem is in the wastewater. Because you design a great treatment plant based on a great technology, and then reality comes. And the reality is not always like you planned it to be. Cities are changing, the wastewater is not stable, it changes over time, and you don't have any control about the wastewater. My vision and my idea was that treatment is not starting and ending at the treatment plant. So the fence of the treatment plant is just one area when you focus and when you're treating the wastewater. If you want to make it productive, you want to make it effective, you should look at the whole picture. You should look at the source of the wastewater. You should look at the whole city. And when you have enough data about the source of the wastewater, when you can understand where the wastewater are coming from, when can you understand what happens to this wastewater all the way, then you can look at your treatment plant as a big organization that part of this is a treatment plant, but the collection system, the huge collection system is also part of it and you can integrate between them and look at them as a whole, and that makes everything much more productive. So basically, when you're looking at the network, you're looking at the future because you have a crystal ball all of a sudden, you know what is going to happen on the treatment plant in a couple of hours, right? That's right. That's right. And that is what data is all about, learning from our past about our future. So before jumping into the data, I would like to understand or to hear from you What's your secret sauce? What makes you special in that industry? Wow. Okay. That's a great question. So what we do in Kandu, we collect data from the collection system, from the network in cities, especially in big cities. We analyze the data. And based on this data, we can tell the operator, the operator of the network, the operator of the treatment plant, if there are changes in the wastewater quality, what are the sources of those changes? 
what kind of industry, where are they located in the network, and what is the impact of those changes. So we can tell them what will be the impact on the collection system, but what also will be the impact on the treatment plan. So when you look at our offering, it starts with in collecting data from the collection system. It sounds very easy to put sensors in the collection system and to collect data from it, but this is maybe the harshest place on earth to collect data from. I mean, you can choose, and we choose maybe the most difficult place that you can think of to collect data from a collection system, uh, place, the flows are changing all the time, there are overflows, the atmosphere is very, very corrosive, and you can find everything in collection system. In some places, we even find bicycle connected to our systems. So you can find everything in collection system. So it's very difficult to collect data from collection system. But once you collect this data, there's so much noise behind. So the wastewater quality changes all the time. Everything that happens in cities ends up in the collection system, actually, in the wastewater. So every change in the city, every hour, actually, the wastewater quality is changing. So there's a lot of noise around this data. And one of the important things is how you identify between noise to real insight, something important to your client. And this is the second challenge. And the third challenge is to learn what type of things the client is really interested in. So what kind of changes in the wastewater quality the client would like to know and what it's important for them to know and how to bring them as just as a bottom line. So our clients, which are water utility, are not interested in so much data. They are interested to know more, they're interested to have knowledge. They are not interested actually in the raw data. So your secret sauce, if I try to synthesize that, is that you are helping them when they are data rich and information poor, you are the one which brings them some information and helps them understand. I've seen it on your website and I love that that saying, you're bringing them visibility on the network. Is that the right way to summarize it? Our secret source is collecting lots of data, translated to a very simple insight that really gives the operator of the network understanding what happens in its network. Okay, that's a good secret source. Just maybe a last question in this introduction part. You've mentioned uh, your company can do Uh, how many people are you today and where are you based? So we are 42 people in Kansas today and we are based in Israel. We have some employees actually in the US, but most of the company is in Israel. The company is very special and I think that's very unique to water-related company. So people that come from the water sector together with people that come with the software and hardware sector and they are all engaged between very, very strong glue together, which is um, and just connect them with a very simple task. They all want to change the world and they're all very engaged into that. And that makes us, can do by the way, in Japanese means something very inspiring, a product that is very inspiring, something that you see and you say, wow, and that's what we bring to the market. So let me move to our main topic with a wow. <laughs> and our main topic today is going to be about the digitization of the network. And you've started to touch the topic in your introduction. But you know, digitization is sometimes used as a buzzword in our industry. And there are many realities behind this digitization. 
Sometimes it's something which is really game-changing, and sometimes it's only just a little bit of washing on some things which are existing for years. So what would be your definition of digitization in our industry? Digitalization is about collecting data. And collecting data is one thing, but bringing the insight and bringing the understanding from this data. So clients from the other side have really knowledge about what happens. This is, I think, the real secret. And this is the real challenge all the time. So it's not about how much data you're bringing, it's how much knowledge you can bring in. So if you look at the water industry, it started around a lot of consulting and design and engineering. And later on came the modeling, and we built a lot of model. And later on came the idea behind digitalization and AI and machine learning. And we thought that we have the right tools, we can solve everything. I think right now we understand that we need two legs. One is the right tool to analyze data, but we also need the expertise to understand what we see. And I think the combination between analyzing data and understanding wastewater and understanding this material together, that's create the real knowledge. So you mentioned analyzing and then the knowledge after. But the first step is to get this data. So you've mentioned it's difficult environment, it's difficult places to collect some data. Can you just take any sensors off the shelf and put it somewhere in the sewage or is there a trick? Yeah, so I think that wastewater and sewage is, is uh, very challenging in terms of collecting data. It's different from any other sector that we see in cities. So, of course, wastewater is part of a city. And if you look at a city from roads, from even water, electricity, there is data, people collecting data from those sources. So smart grid is very common. We all see cameras and data that we collect from the roads. Even from our water system, we collect data. But if you look at wastewater, if you look at the underground wastewater, there's almost completely no data collected from those places. Sometimes level or flow, but in terms of quality, none. And there is a few reasons why. One is because it's so challenging environment in terms of the flows, in terms of the corrosive atmosphere. And the other one is that most of the sensors are very sophisticated and very sensitive. And if you want to measure the quality of the wastewater, if you want to measure specific chemicals, if you want to measure COD, BOD, metals, you need very sophisticated and very sensitive sensors. One of the things that we are doing in order to bridge this gap, we are measuring very indicative parameters and we can translate them to things that are interesting for our client using tools of AI and machine learning. So what do you measure? We are measuring basic parameters and it's changes between places to places. Parameters like pH, electrical conductivity, temperature, And based on our tools and based on samples and based on data that we collected for 10 years now, we can translate this data into pollution. So when a client opens our system, he actually doesn't see the raw data. What he sees if he has a pollution event somewhere in the city and what caused this pollution event and what will be the impact of this pollution event on his treatment plant. So our client gets knowledge he doesn't see that the data behind it. So you collect that data, you compute it with your machine learning, artificial intelligence, 
and you provide him with some analysis. And what does he get as an output? Is it something which is like a warning sign? Beware something is coming on your treatment plans or do you actually automate some steps? So there's a few level of activity in the digital world. One is to collect data. The other one is to analyze data. The third level is to create knowledge. And the last level is actually to be active. What we do, we bring knowledge to the client and we bring them the options what he can do about it. We are not activating anything that depends on the clients, how we want to activate his system. Okay. Talking about the clients, is it the municipal side? Is it the industrial side? Is it a mix of both? Where do you play the most? The advantage of system is collecting data from a complex network. And the direct user for us are municipal, so mainly water utilities and cities. We are working with some industries that have also very complex collection system. But our very natural place to work with is big cities that have complex networks and want to understand what happens in their network. So how does it start? You say that they want to understand what's in their network, but is it because some things are not working exactly like it should or they don't get the treatment they expect at the outlet? So what's the first driver? There are a few different drivers. One of them, and we see that in almost in every city, that there are changes in the wastewater quality. And those changes can cause a few things. One is upsets in the collection in the treatment plant. So biological upsets and other upsets because of high loads or changes in the wastewater quality. Others can be corrosion in the collection system based on changes in the wastewater quality. And there's also other things that happens and that might cause high loads of metal, might cause metal in the sludge. We see specific pollutant that goes into the effluent, which might cause problem in reuse or sending those effluents into the river and streams. And those challenges, and I can tell you after 20 years in the wastewater sector, that wastewater, surprisingly, are quite similar in every city. A city produces very similar wastewater. It changes, and there are few changes between cities. It depends how much industry, how regulated it is. But the main challenges in wastewater are very similar between cities. You can see that in the treatment plants, most of uh, the same technologies in cities, but you can see them also in the challenges that cities have in the collection system. So they have some technical problems. They come to you and the service you market is called Clear Upstream, right? That's right. So can you... Do us the pitch of this clear upstream. What is it all about? Where does it start? Where does it stop? And what happens in between? Most cities or most operators are focusing on how to make the treatment plant more productive, more efficient. And they look at the wastewater quality that comes into the treatment plant as obvious. That's what happens and that's the way they should accept that. What we are saying to our client, you can control it. You can control it in the first step to control your wastewater quality is first to know. You have to know when you have changes in the wastewater quality and you have to know the sources of those changes. Once you know the sources of the changes, you can actually approach them. You can actually treat them. We are talking about change of behavior. Once the utility or the city gets the information about what are the sources of the pollution or the changes in the wastewater quality in real time, 
they start to behave differently and approaching those sources. And those sources start to behave differently because somebody is approaching them. And what we actually do, we are making all this huge collection system transparent. So you can see what happens inside. And once you can see that, you can start treated. So what you're saying is that some people might be tempted to be cheating a bit. And uh, if all of a sudden it's possible to see that they might be cheating on Saturday's evening when nobody's watching, then the situation gets better. I don't think it's about cheating. I think it's about awareness and focus. I think most industry are focusing on production and not focusing about what type of wastewater treatment they have. If you ask every industrial manager, his vision is about his product, not about his wastewater. And some of the sources are also natural. So some of the sources are seawater penetration into the collection system. Some of the sources come from rainwater. Some of the sources could be natural. But even if you look at industrial sources, most of it from our experience is coming from lack of focus and unawareness of what happens in the collection system or in industrial process. And the thing is now everyone is getting more aware. The awareness is not only the industrial awareness, it's also the operator treatment plant awareness. Based on our experience, we see around between two to four events and changes, dramatically changes of wastewater quality per week in big cities. And usually the operator sees once a month, they see that. So there's a lot of things happens in the collection system that both the operator and the industrial sources are not aware of. So basically you help them to notice and to have an awareness of what's happening on the network and so they might react. If I'm just extrapolating from that, if they react, I guess they might be able to operate the plants more efficiently. So which kind of improvements do you expect there? So the indirect improvement, it goes both upstream and downstream. Upstream, the operator of the network will approach the sources and will speak with them. And you can imagine, and sometimes we also send direct SMS to the industrial plant. So that can be also achieved from our software. So you imagine yourself as, a, as an operator of an industrial plant and you sit with your family for a dinner at the weekend and you get an SMS, you are now discharging high pollution into our collection system. And you can imagine the effect those operators will go the next morning into the production floor and they will make sure it won't happen again. And this is one thing. The other thing is in the downstream, in the treatment plant, a treatment plant operator, when he gets a notification, in three hours, you will have high organic load coming into your treatment plant. Then they can make sure that the system is ready to get it. Sometimes they have the measure in place, but sometimes it's new for them because they never thought it's possible to have it. So some of our clients learn with us how they can react. It's new for them, so they're building their measures as we develop in the project. So what's your role as a company there? What do you exactly offer? Is it a software? Is it a software as a service? Do you also have feet on the ground? Are you installing some sensors? Are you actively doing some consulting? What is actually your offering? I spent quite a few years in the other side of working as an operator of a treatment plant and working with utilities. And my experience was I didn't like technologies as technologies. So if somebody came with me just bringing me a technology, 
I wouldn't have the workforce or maybe even the sources to operate that. So my experience in the water sector that we have to build solutions. So we are coming with a challenge and we have to solve the client the full challenge. And what we are bringing to the client is a solution. It is hardware that we develop. So the ability to collect data, data loggers, sensors, and even samplers that we develop that communicate with the client. And the other part is the software side that analyzes the data and bring to the client as a very simple bottom lines so he can get the knowledge. And the third part of this is the service. So we partnered with local partners. Some of them are very local. Some of them are big corporates. And together with them, we operate the system and we bring the client the service. So clients actually are using our system and can get the bottom line from the system without any effort or resource from his side. So this that is flowing, is it going to the cloud or is it based on the local server? How do you manage data? We collect data from the collection system, from the manual, from the switch, from the underground collection system, based on a data logger that we develop. We are using off-the-shelf sensors with a sampler that can take a sample trigger by event that we developed together with partners. And we collect this data, transmit that to the cloud, and in the cloud, we analyze the data. The data is transmitted by cellular network, and everything is working, all the hardware side is working on batteries in the manual, in the underground collection system. In the cloud, we analyze the data, and the software is very easy and nice UI that clients can see the knowledge that we bring them based on the data that we collected. And what about data security? What is the acceptance of clients to have their data flowing to the cloud? Data security is a very big issue in water sector as well. And um, as someone that developed the system in Israel, that's something that was very clear for our client from the beginning that we have to secure all the data that we are collecting, that we are analyzing, that we are sending. So, of course, that's something we put a lot of effort around securing all the data that we collect. And is it accepted as it is? Because the reason, the background for my question is the following, is that usually what I hear is that when you collect the data and send it to the cloud, that's accepted nowadays. We're in 2020 and people are tending to evolve into that direction. But then when it comes back to the cloud, it might be more difficult to convince people that actually automate something is a good solution. But if I get it right in your service, you're not automating, you're giving a recommendation. So I guess for the safety, it's much better. We are not any kind of scatter system. We are a knowledge system and we are not operating anything. We just give the knowledge for the operator that he can operate his system in a better way. And one thing important is uh, thinking about data is that you get stronger as you have more data. And data is a resource. And one thing we learned over time that we cannot produce all the data. We need to combine with others in order to have a stronger offering. Because if you have data, for example, for electricity producing, if water consumption, about activity of the workers in manufacturing plants, any data that you can have helping you to get more insight. And the tools that we have today 
for analyzing data are almost unlimited. And so the things that we learned over time that we cannot win it alone, we need to combine with other to create a better database so we can bring more knowledge to our client. And this is a process we've done over time. We partner with more and more companies, with more and more, even resources in the utility itself to collect more and more data so we can have better and a stronger offering to our client. And we learned over time that almost every data that we can collect gives us more insight in the future. And that is a process we do continuously, how we can partner with more data resources so we can give better offering to our clients. What about ecosystems? Is it easy to connect your way to manage the data with the way to manage the data that others might be using? So in the water industry, the challenge will not be a technical issue. The technology to combine data between companies is existing, is there, and most companies can afford that and most companies have the technology to combine data between themselves. It will be other challenges. One of them will be restrictions in the water sector and how you can share data because of security. But sometimes it's not about security. It's about how open are the company between themselves to share data. And that is a huge challenge. And this is something that I think it's a process that we need to change the way the sector thinks about data and how important it is and how we all can benefit if we all share data between ourselves. So basically, it's about the industry being a bit conservative. There would be possibilities to go faster, but I guess it's a matter of letting the time to everybody to accept that digitization is not a trend, it's the way to go. Yes, I think most of people understand now that digital is here and here to stay, especially now we see that. But I think the opportunity behind this is still huge and still uncovered. And still there's so much to do, especially in wastewater. In wastewater, everything we do is innovative because it's just starting. If you look at wastewater collection system, there's so much here to see. You can see that right now in the COVID-19, when people are talking about identified the new outbreak through the collection system, and this is one offering we do ourselves as well. And this gives people just a small look into the opportunities that you can create from wastewater. Because wastewater are treasure of data. There's so much data there. You can know everything about the population, about their activity, about their health, about their habits from the wastewater. You can learn so much from wastewater. You can get from this data so many things, and it's just starting right now. So you were mentioning COVID. It's an interesting way to conclude this part. You've made some studies at, at Kendu. Uh, I've seen some articles published uh, online. Do you believe that this could be a welcome side effect to a pandemic, which is, of course, not a good thing, but the welcome side effect would be that people realize the potential behind data. Yes, I think through COVID, people understand the opportunity behind collecting data from the sewer system. We've done some tests and now we are doing a full-scale project where we can show the new outbreaks and where it's coming from and how many sick people there are in those specific places. 
And you can think about the opportunities here. You can think about the future, what we can say about people through wastewater, what we can say about the activity, what we can say about their health. It's so huge opportunity because everything that happens in the city ends up in the sewer system. So a sewer system is like a treasure of data. I think it's interesting also because the fact that you already have some results and COVID shows the agility that a structure like yours can have. And I think that's something we would need to talk again in, a f- in the next episode about your, your, your organization and the fact that you are maybe a more agile structure as a startup or a scale-up in an industry which has more of those, let's say, dinosaurs. It's not negative, but still they are around for, for a while. If you don't mind, I propose you to switch to the rapid-fire questions to round off our interview. Sure, sure. It's time for the rapid fire questions. So my first question would be, what is the most exciting project you've been working on and why? It's a tricky one. I have to make sure that nobody gets offended. Okay, what will be the most exciting project? I think the most exciting project for me was in my hometown when we had a project to identify source of pollution and why the overflow into the ocean, into the sea, into the Mediterranean. And we found that and we reduced the overflows from few, maybe even more than 10 in a year uh, to zero. And in the same place that I went surfing, I know that there's no overflow from the treatment plant right now into the same place. So I think this is something that was very exciting to me to see. What is your favorite part of your current job? People. People. Meeting people. The team that I'm... It's almost like a family. And new people from new cultures. It's fascinating to meet so many people from so many cultures. What is the trend to watch out for in the water industry? One of the things in the water market is that we are all scientists and we want to explain everything based on science and using data ai and machine learning sometimes doesn't allow us to do that and this is one of the biggest challenges interesting one what is this thing you care the most when you work on a new project and what is the one you care the less again people how do you connect to people how do you make people engage how do you make people trust in you and the technology And this is the most important process for me in working in the project. What do I care the less? I know it's always a difficult one, this one. Maybe it's nothing. I mean, <laughs> things that I don't care from is competition. I love to have competition. I love to have other people doing what we are doing. And that is one thing that I'm very open to, open sharing data. I like it. I mean, it's uh, really interesting. Interesting view. Two last questions. Do you have sources that you would recommend to keep up with water and wastewater market trends? Again, people. People are the best sources. Any people that you meet, I mean, and I think it's important to speak with the field operators. They know what's going on. They know what is working and what is not working. Speak with directors and decision makers. Speak with regulators. Speak with as much people as you can. I think that's Definitely the best resource you can find. 
And that offers me a very smooth transition because about people, if you want someone to recommend that we should absolutely invite on this podcast, who would it be? Okay, so this will be our guest for our next session. And it's Gil Elkin. And uh, he is a partner and investor in the company. And I think this is a very nice story that we can have in the next section. So I guess that's a nice spoiler for our sequel episode. Thanks a lot. That was very interesting to me. I hope it was interesting for you as well. Thank you, Ari, for being with us. I'll put the links to what you can advise me uh, in the episode notes. Where can people follow you or follow your company? So maybe the easiest thing will be in the LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, I guess your website or... Yeah, my website and LinkedIn, that will be... Yeah, and you can leave my email as well. Okay, so I'll put that in the notes. So thank you very much. That was it for today. Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time. Thank you.